morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. It's breakfast somewhere. Welcome to Breakfast with Vinny, where you'll get it in 30 minutes or less. Food for thought today. Amateur or the pro? Who's happier? The amateur or the pro? Who's happier? It's funny because a lot of amateur musicians, people who are hobbyists, talk about how happy they are because they don't feel any pressure. They don't feel any pressure to, you know, compete or to be better than the next guy or to be judged. They just do it because it makes them happy. And they love doing it. Isn't that the point? Isn't that the entire point? Why did we all start doing what we do? I'm speaking to musicians out there. It could be instrumentalists, singers, writers. I'm sure that for most of us, it was because we were drawn to it and we felt an urge to do it and it made us feel good. It made us happy. We had an affinity for it and we probably had an aptitude towards it. So the whole idea of being happy as an amateur and being unhappy as a pro is a pretty sad state of affairs. And what, what, what causes that to happen? Why is it that so many pros become bitter and burnt out and just, you know, jaded and it's understandable, easy enough for that to happen to anybody. And I know many of us have suffered from burnout and that can happen to anybody in any field of endeavor. I mean, I know it's happened to me. Sometimes you just got to step away, take some time off. You suffer from burnout. You just got to take some time off and step away from it um, and just get a fresh perspective. And um, that's what honest, good, loving feedback from your closest allies will help you to do as well. And, um, you know, it's interesting because whatever it takes for you to have honest feedback and help to avoid that kind of burnout is good. But it's interesting because many, many years ago, that seemed to be the responsibility of family, friends, and clergy. And in later years, it sort of drifted into having a therapist become your new best friend. I'm not bad-mouthing any of that. I'm just noticing a trend. And um, we can now also tend to keep people at arm's length through our phones, through social media, through texting, through just not answering. And some of us are just busy. I know myself, I get really, really busy, and it's very, very hard for me to keep up with all of that. It's like a full-time job between phone calls, texting, and then if I go overseas and I shut my phone off and I turn it back on and it doesn't show new calls, one thing after the other. And then there's social media and this, that, and the other thing, or the emails pile up and you 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 can't get to them all because you're busy reading the last 10 and then another 20 junk mails come in and yeah, you get the idea. So it's kind of tough because we're always connected and we're always connected in this bizarre kind of externalized way where it's, it's, it's not this immediate thing. It's almost like, um, it's almost like playing a video game where you you sort of have these weapons and you're just pressing buttons 
you know, but you're not out there on a battlefield. And um, it, it just kind of reminds me of the same kind of thing. But not to digress here, I just stay on the sort of topic <laughs> where I'm just riffing here. And in keeping with my whole idea of flow and stream of consciousness and just honest thought, um, as far as the whole thing of happiness, it's interesting because, you know, I just remember when I was a kid um, and, and there are a lot of cliches that people overlook when there's truth staring them right in the face that can help them. Cliches, you know, like uh, dance like nobody's watching. Oh, okay, you see a meme on the internet and you say, oh, okay, there's that one again. But just stop for a second and wonder why it's become a cliche because it's a popular truth and there's a huge informative and helpful nugget of truth in there that could be very, very, very helpful. And I just remember when I was a kid, you know, here's another cliche, the joy is in the process. Well, it is because it's all process. It's all process. It's one thing to set goals for yourself and that's okay. But then you reach that and it's like, okay, I've arrived. And now I've got to set another goal and another one and another one. And have you ever, ever really arrived? And if you're constantly unhappy, then you're just, perhaps you're not in process. You're not realizing that it is process and it ebbs and flows and waxes and wanes. And that's how life is. And that's just how the grand scheme of life vibrates. And so, you know, that's one realization. But, but really, again, for the third time now, I keep saying when I was a kid, I just remember um, just practicing and there was no sort of sense of how long have I been up here? Uh, has it been more than an hour and a half? Uh, I got to do my homework now. It was not, yes, I did my homework, but I would just play and there was no time clock on it. I was so immersed. And again, there's, there's flow. There's the flow for you. And the flow is happening while you're discovering and learning something new. Not only in situations where, you know, you're, you may be playing what you already know and you don't know what's going to come next, like in some sort of ensemble context where it's highly improvisatory and you may not be drawing on a lot of new ideas, but you, you don't know what's going to happen. So you have to think on your feet and you're in flow. But this flow was the flow that was a result of the joy of doing something. And the joy of learning something and not thinking, oh, how good am I doing this? Uh-oh, it's not as good as it's supposed to be. And there may have been moments, quite a few or a very few, where that could have happened, but you didn't stop and you didn't fall into some sort of prolonged depression over it. You just kept going and you overcame it with joy. And, you know, during the early years, that's one of those things that's there. And then all of a sudden you become a pro and, you know, you get disgruntled because you're tired of lugging your instruments around in the snow and dealing with some club owner that doesn't want to pay you or some band leader that just keeps stepping in front of you so that nobody could see you. <laughs> I'm just making 
ridiculous things up right now, which may not be so ridiculous that they're realities for a lot of people. But again, I'm just talking off the cuff and, you know, just sort of, and then you go home and, you know, you park your car somewhere and you got a ticket and you don't have enough money to pay the ticket and all the kind of things that happen when you're now trying to become a struggling professional and you might start going, oh, really, is this worth it after a while? Or you're playing in a band and you're playing the same songs six nights a week and you're really, really tired of them. And so now you're starting to burn out and you might start playing too much stuff and then the band leader fires you or any number of things can happen, right? So you're really now starting to sort of feel a little bit of that spark of joy or maybe a lot of it kind of waning. So what can you do? What happens? Well, I remember when I had not been playing that long and I was involved in some musical at a playhouse, at a rural playhouse near where I grew up. And the musical went on all summer. And, you know, I was a very young musician who hadn't been playing that long. And, and this went on night after night after night for months to the point where every lyric, every choreographed move, I, I mean, I knew it by heart. I knew when it was coming. I could, I knew all the lines. I could sing along. But somehow, I still, even at the end of the, of the time of doing that, I was still sort of playing the gig with joy. And then I'm following the storyline and I'm getting emotionally involved in the storyline. And even that, because it still happened when I was at a young age, it hadn't affected me, you know, where I thought, well, this is monotonous or whatever. And um, so as the years go on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing various types of situations, you know, maybe going out on concert tours and play the same set every night. And people would ask me, how can you, how do you deal with playing the same songs every night? Well, first of all, it depends on the songs you're playing. I mean, you know, how good are they? And sometimes they're, they're, some songs are an open book where they can be in subtle ways or in major ways reinterpreted. And maybe others can't, but they're great songs and you just really enjoy them. And they just have this, this quality that's difficult to, to sort of define that just, that you just don't get tired of them as easy. At least I didn't. But another thing was that I remembered early on, I remembered hearing about a technique that actors used called the illusion of the first time. Yeah, it's almost like empty your mind, right? You know, blank slate. And I, I don't remember the exact sort of parameters of the technique, but I do remember that. And somehow I was able to employ that where I was able to go in every night with a blank slate and somehow just empty my mind. And, and, and I think that just from also from years and years and years of doing recording sessions, I was able to do that as well, you know, to the point where I would, you know, sometimes at one point I was doing three or four sessions a day and, you know, I'd go home and I didn't even remember what I did. And so, uh, and you know, as monumental as some of it might have been and uh, the next day I would just go in and blank slate again. 
blank slate. So I think that part of it may have come with the territory where, you know, you're, you're, you can only fill up your mind with so much stuff. But the other thing was just the attitude. And the other thing that helped me was even in the most dire circumstances, I, I got to the point, I remember getting to the point where I said to myself, you know what? I'm playing my drums and nobody can take that away from me right now. No matter how bad this situation is, I'm playing my drums. I'm lucky enough and I'm blessed enough to be playing my drums right now. This is what I'm doing and I love to do this. And they can't take that away from me. And I, I held on to that thought. I held on to it and it helped me. It helped me immensely. And so the illusion of the first time was one thing, emptying your mind and having that attitude of they can't take that away from me. But really, and, and it all boils down to what does that equal? Gratitude. Gratitude. It's like the one thing in a given set of circumstances that you have is your attitude. I remember one time uh, being at an airport and there was a bus that made a circle from one end of the terminal to the, to the next. And it wasn't, it wasn't a very long drive. This bus driver made that route in a circle, a small circle that probably took a minute and a half, a couple of minutes maybe, every day, who knows how many times that he did it during the day. I mean, could have been hundreds. So I got on the bus and the bus was full of people. And of course, you know, people are sort of like all sitting there looking morose. Am I going to make my flight? I got on, I was a little anxious maybe. And, you know, everyone's sitting there with sort of sour faces and blank faces. And as soon as we got on the bus, this guy launched into this talk. And by the time we got off of the bus, everybody was happy. Some people cheered. Some people laughed. Most were smiling. And I realized that this guy who made that route, that same route, that small little route, time after time after time, day in and day out, he took that time to give us an inspirational talk. And that was a short amount of time, maybe a couple of minutes. But he did that each and every time and made everybody on that bus feel better. So talk about gratitude and and having an attitude of service, that was personified in that bus driver. I'll never forget that guy. I remember when I went to see Buddy Rich play live, I would leave inspired and uplifted. I wanted to go home and practice and play because I was so uplifted by what I heard. Not because I had a competitive spirit, nor was I depressed and wanted to stop playing, but rather continue with the joy of playing. And that's what he did to me at that young age. And so did the Beatles and so did Motown and so did everything else that I grew up with. It just gave me joy. And so I look back at that and anchor that and anchor what gives me that joy. And I think that as a professional, we can do that to retain the same kind of joy that the hobbyist does. Because after all, that's why we do it, isn't it? I sure hope so.
So <laughs> that's like nobody's watching. Here's to the joy of music and the great gift that it is to all of us. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of Breakfast with Vinny.